This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're going to listen to, please go to <laughs> patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. Five bucks a month, you get a bonus episode and ad-free episodes. There's a Discord server. There's a Facebook mm-hmm. uh, group. And these are also on YouTube, however you want to listen to us. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I will be at BahaCon in, like, southwestern Ontario this weekend, B-A-H-A-Con, for anyone interested. I will also be at the Kentucky Free Thought Convention the following weekend and promo code friendly if you want cheaper tickets to that. Hello. I also do public speaking sometimes if anyone wants to <laughs> bring me to Canada or Kentucky or whatever. It's no big deal. I, could, I mean, it's pretty good talk. They liked it in Texas. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a present for you, which is an audio clip that I don't think you've heard, but I really want you to hear it. Oh, boy. And uh, I... I'm going to play the one-minute clip for you, okay. and I'll, I'll set it up for you. Feel free to react as you're listening, but I want to get I your take after I don't need your permission, thank it. you. Yeah. Um, here's the <laughs> setup. There is a, and then we'll get to the real stuff. Mm-hmm. There is a girls' ministry, a mm-hmm. uh, Christian ministry called Girl Defined. Some of you are already rolling your eyes. It's basically two women, sisters, who basically oh, promote I think purity I culture. these girls. We talked Have about they been them around the, for a bit? Yes. Uh, We've (laughs) talked about them in the past. In this case, last week, one of the sisters, Kristen, Mm -hmm. was in her car where they filmed some of their videos for some reason. And she gave a lengthy dial. uh, No, she gave a lengthy monologue about why you should not play with yourself. Wait. Yes. Like masturbate? Yes. So she wants to tell you why it's a sin. I'm going to play you. Uh, a snippet of this 20-minute sermon. Oh, it's tw- it was. 20 minutes in her car? In her car. And uh, I boiled What's it down to like... What's that all about, I don't do you know. think? But here's the one-minute clip. Tell me what you think. Here okay. you go. The question, a lot of people will argue that it's not a sin if there is no lustful thinking involved. Thoughts. Okay. And I have yet to meet a person who is able to consistently masturbate without a single sexual thought entering their mind. And, uh, and granted... Wh- Think about it. When you're unmarried, any of these sexual thoughts are not going to be honoring to God, right? Sure. In the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, never do we see any sexual acts, any sexual pleasure, any sexual desire being fulfilled in a God-honoring way outside of marriage. We just don't see that. I knew for me it was very selfish. It was all about my pleasure. It was about my desires and longings. For me, it was very lust-fueled. Um, it was never, like, I was never able to masturbate without lustful thoughts. You know, if you're chilling in your bed binging a Netflix show that's extremely sexual, very provocative with nudity, all of these things. And then you're like, Oh, like my urges are so strong. Like, I don't know what to do. Like maybe stop throwing gasoline, you know, like on the fire, have a plan. Like for, you know, for like every time, like I lay down in my bed at night, I turn off the light like that, that urge, that longing just becomes so strong. Get a plan of action. Oh my God. Jump on your floor and do 30 pushups. Oh my God. Oh no. Just Oh my God. So that it doesn't every single time feel like it's catching you by surprise. How did you bring up this sin struggle to a mentor, pastor, sin friend struggle. again? I brought it up to my parents. And no. There are even like repercussions down the road that you don't even think about. You just think, oh, it's just like me doing this thing. Like it's not hurting anyone. Like you don't even know. Wh- and and it did impact my marriage. And and it, there were, it was for years, you know. 
I just want to point out at the very end of that clip right there when in she the video about masturbating with her parents no where, yeah where she talked about after that where she said it impacted my marriage uh-huh. she has this look on her face she's been married for a long time yeah but she has this look on her face like it impacted my marriage or whatever and it's just the saddest look just like thousand yard stare <laughs> yes, because this exactly. woman has never had an orgasm that's, that's exactly not at her own hands what it looked like Oh boy. Okay. All right. Again, I just, just to reiterate, 20 minutes, I just boiled down a handful of clips into there. Um, I think the, pro- like, I, it, it really bums me out in a very significant way when I hear things like this of anything that brings them pleasure or whatever is inherently sinful and therefore bad. Honestly, I think the thought crime aspect of Christianity is has to be really hard to overcome because y- you can't control your thoughts. Part of what she was saying is that the problem is the lust. It's what you're thinking, but yeah, it's so not it- the physicality of it. It's not the release of it. And so she genuinely was making an argument in there that like, it's fine if you just want the release, but don't have any dirty thoughts while you do it. It's like, how exactly do I mean, you do this? That, when she kept saying, like, if you don't have lustful thoughts while you're... D- I mean, I guess if... Oh, my God. I guess if you're, like, focused only on the physicality of it and not thinking about anything else. But she just said she's probably watching Bridgerton. Like, <laughs> my first thought to, like, know. that's what you did. You turned on the show. You yeah. had thoughts. You're like, can't have this must-make video telling people not to watch it. Uh-huh. Won't mention the show so that they don't watch it. Yeah. But Some we all Netflix know. show that's sexy <laughs> and has nudity. <laughs> all of a sudden, every, what, people what on Twitter. What show pin- on Netflix <laughs> might this nice Christian lady be watching that has nudity and sex? It's fucking Next Bridgerton, thing you guys. know, every purity culture person has these huge-ass biceps <laughs> from the push-ups <laughs> they are doing. <laughs> Oh, boy. I also love the idea of this poor woman is like, oh, my God, I'm trying to fall asleep, but I'm horny. So I'm going to get out of bed and do, like, calisthenics? Yeah, that will much. calm me right down. Like, yeah. it, it's true. I've never, ever, ever heard this kind of talk that is not directed at, like, teen boys. Mm. Genuinely, like, the way well, <laughs> she's like, you need a plan. That right. feels like the way people talk to Teen boys of that's like, the way Christian ministries talk to teen boys, and that's well, the whole purpose that, of yeah. their ministry, which is we are talking to young women, and so we're hip and edgy and cool. So yeah, we are going to talk about sex with these girls who are looking up to us. Right. But their idea of we'll talk to you about sex is here's how you avoid it because like we're smart and edgy, we understand that you also have yeah. lustful thoughts. It's like, yeah, we we passed that bridge a long time ago. Yeah, I got. And telling I mean, young women like I, just don't. I mean, I guess nothing. the fact that they acknowledge that women have sexuality is a good start, <laughs> right? Like for, it does because how many times rating on a curve here for them? Yeah, correct, correct. Good start, right, not a curve. It's a good <laughs> because how many like people have we heard say something to the effect of women don't actually like sex; they just <laughs> do it f- to please their husbands. Just for I mean, how many times have we... Yeah. (laughs) 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 Truly, men men calling themselves out in public, being like, um, women don't get wet down there. What are you talking about? Like, come on, bud. Oh, my God. You know what I would watch? I would watch the girl define sisters 
watch WAP and have a reaction to the video, that yeah. I would be intrigued by. What I did not appreciate, I will say, on Twitter when I posted that clip, is all the creepy dudes who are like, if she only had me around, or like, just take care of yourself in the car. Like, no, no, no. Don't make sexual thoughts at her. Just react to what she's saying if you want. Yeah, this isn't an invitation this, for ex- anybody to yes. talk to anybody about masturbation, right, like right, right. in a personal level. No, but thank you. The, yeah, the thing that bugs me is this is the message she's been selling for mm. a long time, which is don't have these thoughts. Certainly right. don't act on these thoughts. And like, if you're talking about doing anything safely, right. the safest way to do it is by yourself. Yeah. And this message that she's sending to women, like just no, stop the thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like you said, go do push-ups or whatever is so dangerous. I mean, I do love these little peeks into people's personal lives that we get. (laughs) They unintentionally do that all the time. All the time. And it's similar to the like, oh, I've never met a woman who actually likes sex. And just people like snitching on themselves. But I love that this girl is like, yeah, every every night I get into bed and I'm hella horny (laughs) and it sucks. Aren't we all on this struggle bus? (laughs) Like, okay. Oh, this poor, like... Why is I know, I female pleasure from, so bad for people? I switch from I pity you and I yeah. feel sorry for you to no, you're really horrible and sending a really horrible message to these young women. Um, so I have, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but I have kind of settled into this feeling whenever I hear stories like this or of like politicians being terrible or what I've, instead of being like angry or disappointed, like, I'm embarrassed for them. That's kind of where I've been sitting. Every time I hear a politician say something like outrageously dumb, like that's so embarrassing for you. That's genuinely how I feel toward all of the, like the Ted Cruz's of the world. Like it must be embarrassing to get out of bed every single day and still be Ted Cruz. I just wish he ever felt that. Well, with her, like True. the thing that surprises me. I feel enough for me, everybody. Like, Listen, I didn't grow up in the culture. I know some of the listeners to this show have, because mm-hmm. you've told us about that. But, like, there have been so many still Christians Mm -hmm. who speak out against the harm of purity culture and what this sort of mentality did to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joshua Harris, who wrote that I Kissed Dating Goodbye book years ago, has renounced his book, and he kind of disappeared off the face of the earth because of all the backlash he's gotten in recent years for telling women and young men, like, the exact same message. Right. And yet, for this ministry, for this woman who was speaking and her sister, it's like they either ignored all of that or they heard it and they don't care. Right. They are not even, it's for, I'm not expecting them to listen to us. Right. But come on, you're not even listening to other Christian women who are telling you how harmful this stuff right. is to their development, to their sex lives, to everything, because the assumption from this ministry is, don't have any lustful thoughts, think nothing sexual, right. get married, and, and then, then figure it out. And then sexual yeah, Turn the switch, and then on your it's, wedding night, the switch goes on, and everything will be great. And of course, it's never like that. And okay, I could make uh, an argument for you should figure out if you're compatible before wedding, but even sure for putting that aside, it's the assumption that like even when you're married... Like, she's married, and she's saying I shouldn't be playing with myself. It's like, no, now it's 100% fine. Like, I'm genuinely... Think of your husband if you want. Who cares? Actually, that's a good point. Think of your husband. But also, like, okay, 
it, maybe this is shitty of me, but like, what does the husband think when he's hearing this? Like, if they <laughs> say they have an active sex life and she's like, I'm fucking horny 24 <laughs> 7, and like, just calling That's everybody in their household in the out. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> They want to make every part of their lives public. And it's like, I don't care about when you masturbate to Bridgerton, my girl. <laughs> I do want to know what conversations you're having with your parents. That like, is something that I want to know, but absolutely would never want to know. Also, do you know, she said something about like nowhere in the Bible from yeah, yeah. whatever to Revelation. There is no sex for pleasure. No in sex the for Bible. pleasure. Is that accurate um by i mean there are i am talking to anybody not just women there are passages in the bible that make a big deal out of sex mm-hmm. um but the one she's talking about the spilling your seed on the ground is that the no one that that they're was, mad about? that's a different one. Oh, uh, but that guy is uh, onan he's put to death oh, for masturbating for masturbating yeah um huh. <laughs> but it's just wild like i who cares yeah yeah the bible doesn't cover everything just because it doesn't have the Bridgerton scene you're looking for doesn't mean. <laughs> Truly, though, it. Uh, like, they have a lot of things in the Bible that we should all ignore. Do you honestly, want me to discuss the incest, the rape, the this like what? Terrible interpretation of a pointless dumb book. <laughs> Is exactly the way the Supreme Court is looking at the Constitution right. now. Of like, they just grab a single word out of there because <laughs> and they're like, see, nobody can have birth control because the Constitution said babies once. Yeah, so the Magna Carta mentioned yeah. this, therefore <laughs> we're all done. Women don't get rights now. The oh. Magna Carta. That's a funny joke, Kevin. <laughs> thank you. I'm gonna flip to what's happening in Texas because. Uh, There is a new state law in Texas. Um, I shouldn't say new. It's not new, but there is a law in Texas. Uh, It's Senate Bill 797. It actually passed last year, but it didn't get a lot of attention at the time because I think everyone was adjusting to just going back to public school again and doing all that. So this is the first school year where things are quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm. And so now people are paying attention to it. The bill basically says... If someone donates an In God We Trust poster to your school Mm -hmm. following very specific, I mean, following these specifications, your school has to put it up somewhere where everyone can see it. Wait. Yeah. Hold the phone. What did you just say to me? If anybody donates a thing to a school, basically no taxpayer money. The government is not going to pay for this. But if some outside group gives you an in God trust sign, thereby legally obligated. Yes. And this is good. It's small government because they're Republicans. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely not Uh government overreach, right? No. Okay. And so the thing is, they're like, well, you can't just take anything. It has to fit certain rules. And here are the rules according to the bill. It's got to say in God we trust on it. It's got to have the U.S. flag underneath those words and centered. 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 And then it's got to have the Texas flag somewhere on there and nothing else No words, no images, nothing else can be on the poster. Texans are so fucking Those are the rules in the new bill. And I was trying to figure out, like, what was the reason they said no other shit can be on the poster? And I was thinking in Kentucky a couple years ago. The dollar bill bill thing? Yeah. Yeah. In Kentucky, they passed a very similar piece Mm -hmm. of legislation a couple years ago when Matt Bevin was the governor there, Republican uh, Mm -hmm. legislature. 
And basically they said, you got to put in God we trust where people can see it. And so one school district, for example, sent to all their schools a framed copy of the back of a $1 mm. bill says in God we trust, but mm. you'd never know what that's about. There was an elementary school, Abraham Lincoln, like elementary school in Kentucky. They put up a poster of a penny with Lincoln's picture, obviously. Big bong. And the coin says in God we trust, but you would never guess that's what they were actually doing. So Texas is like, we're not doing the shenanigans here. <laughs> the posters have to be like this. And of course, a handful... Nothing else is going poorly in Texas. And nothing. this is the biggest thing we need to worry about. Right. Winter is coming. This is their solution <laughs> for what happened in Uvalde. Um, yeah. So they already you've seen a couple of right-wing groups start donating uh, things, mm. start donating posters to the school. And of course, they all look basically the same, these posters. God is in big, it's in God we trust. You could put it at size 144 font. You got a big poster. You got the flag somewhere there. Um, And that's exactly what the Republicans wanted to see. So all of a sudden, you enter Chaz Stevens, who is uh, basically an atheist activist slash provocateur. Uh Um, His latest thing in Florida has been, well, if you're in the process of banning all these books, Ron DeSantis, I'm putting in requests to ban the Bible all over the place. Sure. That's one of his stunts. He also put up a Festivus poll in the Florida Capitol back in the day to counter nativity scenes. Oh, yeah. I remember this dude. He's looking at this and he's like, well, I want to give him a sign where in God we trust is crossed out. And it Mm. says in Satan, we trust more. It's like, buddy, you can't do that because they said no other word. They covered their ass for once. Yeah. They got you in advance. (laughs) They actually outsmarted somebody. But then he's like, no, no, no. Like, I think his thinking is there's no way those Texans are smarter than I am. So he's like, what else can I do here? Garden variety variety (laughs) condescension. Totally. Totally. Very typical of him. But you know what? The question is, well, what are you going to do about it? Listen, remember, like going like God, my dude. Remember Air Bud? Of course I remember yeah. Air Bud. Are you so out of your mind? The dog wants to play in the basketball. Or the kids want the dog to play in the, in the basketball. There's nothing in the rule books that says a dog can't play basketball, That's Hammett. what the referee says. There's nothing in the book that says a dog cannot play. That's what Chaz Stevens did. He's like, well, the law doesn't say the sign has to be in English. So he made <laughs> posters where In God We Trust is written in Arabic. Oh. <laughs> so. Okay. Basically, it if he sends how, those posters... What am I supposed to do with this? Well, I think if you send <laughs> these posters to all these various They're school districts... They're legally obligated. They are obligated to put it because he did follow the law. Mm-hmm. And if they don't already have a poster, they have to put this one up. Yeah. And the thing is, like, who does that annoy? Well, that would probably annoy the Christian lawmakers who wanted kids to see the word God everywhere. Mm-hmm. And also it makes them very uncomfortable because the sort of people who believe in God and speak Arabic are not really the Ted Cruz types. No, they're they're also not um, what they would consider good religious people. Yeah. They're the bad religious and people. I did hear commentary is like, is this Islamophobic? Is this going to be mean to That's those kids? That's what I was... And I, I thought about that. It just and feels I'm like, like it's playing on a stereotype. A yeah. I don't buy that necessarily because I'm thinking like, well, what is it that you think is bad on this? Because it's not... 
anti-Islam. No, it isn't. And that's the thing. But he's this being is, provocative by knowing that, like, that alphabet is going to be, like, quote-unquote, triggering to people who to care about shit like that. <laughs> conservatives, yeah. I don't I know. I mean, I would love to hear from people if you think this is offensive. But I, I, did, I didn't ignore that. I did think yeah. about that. I'm like, you know what? I mean, if I'm trying to figure out why this might be offensive, he is not saying there's anything wrong with Islam. This has nothing no, to do with no, Islam no, no, or no, anything. No, 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 I wouldn't. He is straight up just saying, I just want to make sure. the predominantly white evangelical Christians who passed this legislation, yeah. let's make them uncomfortable mm-hmm. and show them, guess what? You thought you covered all the loopholes? You did not. Right, right. Um, now, the question is, it- he's going <laughs> to send these posters out. Will people put them up? Are they going to say no? Are they violating the law by saying no? Yeah, who's enforcing that law? Who is tracking all of the donations to public schools and then sending them over to the fucking local sheriff's department (laughs) so they can patrol and make sure that, like, you know, somebody may be getting shot in the head in a classroom, but we have to make sure these in God we trust posters are up, my dudes. And I don't know yet. So we'll see if he can get if, anywhere if with he, this. In God We Trust posters aren't up. When children get shot in the classroom, they'll go to hell. And that's just how it works, Hemet. <laughs> All right? Um, there is one of the <sighs> Christian Idiots. groups. One of the Christian groups that is sending actual In God We Trust posters everywhere. Uh, Patriot Mobile, a <laughs> Texas-based cell phone company that gives a portion of their proceeds to right-wing causes. Oh, boy. But guess what they said on Facebook? They, sure. they wanted to brag about how they're sending posters sure. all over the place. And they said, we're honored to be part of bringing God back into our public schools. Which you're Quiet giving away the game. Out yeah. loud. <laughs> Guys, I thought they have a playbook. I thought they're all reading from the same manual. This right. guy cannot say this. Texas lawmakers are like, this is about patriotism Be and chill. being American and love of the Be country. Cool for once, it's not Brian. about God. But yeah, the Patriot mobile people are like, yep, we're doing this to shove Christianity in kids' faces. So embarrassing for them. Even the sponsor of the bill, State Senator Brian Hughes, who is also the anti abortion nut who uh, pushed forward a, like, let's stop women from getting any uh, health care. He posted on Twitter, the national motto, In God We Trust, asserts our collective trust in a sovereign God. Like, you're wrong about the collective trust because a lot of Texans don't buy into what you're selling. But also, you're saying this is about shoving your God in kids' faces. (laughs) Like, none of you read the playbook like you said. What the hell? I stopped listening when you said women uh, can't get health care because I just started thinking about the IUD I'm getting next month and how <laughs> excited I am to have that inside my uterus. <laughs> that's genuinely, I was like, oh yeah, that's coming up. Don't tell that to girl to find. <laughs> I will tell them that. By the way, there is another way some of these, <laughs> there is another thing that a lot of these schools could do, whether uh-huh. or not Chest even sends them a poster, which is if you have to put up an In God We Trust poster, mm-hmm. you can always put up another poster next to it that says, hey, if you're not In Christian. In God We Don't Trust. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Or if you're non-Christian or non-religious, you're welcome here too. Mm-hmm, we or just you. put up a framed copy of like the First Amendment and the Establishment Clause. You know, you, know, you could do a lot of things to push back against the thing right next to the poster. Mm-hmm. If you've ever walked into the Tribune building um, in downtown Chicago, I used to work there. It was a terrible job. It's actually, tur- do you know they're turning that into condos now or have turned that into oh, condos? Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if they redid the lobby. I hope they didn't, but... The lobby of the Wrigley, excuse me, the of the Tribune building has like the First Amendment engraved mm. on the wall and the the quote of I may not, you know, I don't 
agree with you, but I'll fight for my life oh, yeah. to, you know, whatever that quote is that I used to be obsessed with. And now I've, <laughs> I'll fight have, for I have your di- right to say it. Right. I have different opinions on it a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, um, th- I, I would genuinely walk into this miserable job I had where I made no money and got treated like shit all day by customers and my bosses. And every morning I would walk into the Tribune building and see the fucking First Amendment on the wall. And I was like, yeah, this place fucking rules. <laughs> Now you do all that, and it's just called the podcast. And sometimes Ronnie Woo Woo would be in the lobby, and <laughs> that was always just super su- fan. Yeah, nice. R.I.P. By the way, did you know he died? No. Yeah, oh, a couple oh. years ago. By the way, uh, before we move on from the signs, I was thinking, do you remember a few years ago there was a bag that was kind of trendy that had Arabic writing on it, and it just said like, "If this bag makes you nervous, then you're a racist" or something like that. Have <laughs> no, you, I don't. You haven't heard? Okay, I'm going to see if I can find that. Okay, while you were doing that, let's talk about that Hamilton musical. Remember that one at I, the Christian church? Okay, I forgot. Or not. I didn't realize <laughs> like I had two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I didn't realize I hadn't heard any of it. I had mm. only seen stills. Yeah. And my friend Sarah, um, who lives in Australia, posted something from it, and I actually heard them singing for the first time, and I had forgotten that, genuinely just forgot that, because it genuinely looks lovely, Uh and then you start hearing them, and guess what? Hamilton's a really fucking hard musical to sing. Like, this poor girl who was singing Liza, it's like... Oh, girl, like, this is not meant for, like, not Philippa Sue. <laughs> um, anyway, what are we so, talking about? the Door McAllen, which is a church called The Door in McAllen, Texas, uh-huh. they staged a version of Hamilton, mm-hmm. and their goal was, we will put on this show, you will come to see it for free, this show you've heard so much about, mm-hmm. and afterwards we're going to do a sermon and try to convert you. But, like... You can't put on Hamilton, nobody, because the rights are not available right now. Yeah. No one can put it not on. Like you can't emotionally put it on, or no. like you don't have the talent to pull it off. You <laughs> like cannot literally, do it you cannot do it. So that was one problem. They also changed the script to change stuff to make it more Jesus-y. Like Hamilton finds Jesus you know in this version of the show. They uh, they changed all the singers to be much much worse. Oh yeah, which that I thought too. was an interesting idea. <laughs> Very for novel their... twist. <laughs> yeah. Um, they so also. Original. They also wanted, like, the clip of the... They filmed this whole thing professionally, so it almost looks like the Disney Plus version yeah. of Hamilton. So, like, they spent money on this thing. But the thing is, on Friday night, they performed this thing live. They live-streamed it. And so you could hear the sermon after the show ended. And during that sermon, a pastor gets on stage and tells everyone, I know you're all struggling with things like alcoholism and homosexuality. <laughs> and it's like... Did you just use musical theater to trash gay people? What yeah. are you doing? Read the room, bud. And so all of that, uh, when we started, when I started posting clips of the show, when people started writing about it, there was backlash, not just because someone's stealing Hamilton, uh-huh. because this is theft, it's copyright infringement, but you're also finding every way to make it worse, not just with talent, because like, okay, cast, you're trying your best. I'm not blaming you. I am blaming everyone in charge of this <laughs> yeah. thing. But also, you are changing the script to make it very different from what Lin-Manuel Miranda wanted. Yeah. And that's frustrating because people are emotionally connected to the show. They really are. And so all that happened. And one thing I would point out is that the pastor on Sunday... So what happened is they performed this Friday night, live stream it. Everyone gets mad about it. They take down the live stream on Saturday. And on Saturday, uh, they issue a thing saying, like, we've canceled the show... And then they send an email to their congregation like, we didn't really cancel it. Wait. Just show up. Um, 
And the thing we found out is they got a cease and desist letter on Saturday that said, you put a stop to this. You don't live stream right. anything. We will allow you to do it Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Like, because y'all rehearsed or whatever, yeah. I assume. Which is so generous. Which is very generous. But like, no, then you're done. And on Sunday morning, the pastor was like, did you guys see the show? It was great, wasn't it? I, and he said, <sighs> "We." Re- I just want to remind people. We received a license to, I'm quoting, perform our version of the show directly from, he said, the Hamilton team. He said that Sunday morning, but said... After the fact. After the fact. So that's the backdrop. And then uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda (laughs) chimed in at some point because he got a lot of messages about this. And he wrote on Twitter, this is his only comment on any of this. Grateful to all of you who reached out about this illegal, unauthorized production now, lawyers do their work. Mm. And a couple other things about the Dramatist Guild, the union, support them, whatever. Fine, good. That's it. We haven't heard anything for a couple of weeks. The church has gone dark haven't. on social media, haven't said anything. They've limited comments on the old stuff. They removed every video from their YouTube channel. So the other day, uh, <laughs> Tuesday, they issued their first statement. Okay. Um, and it's long, but I will, it's unsigned, but it seems to come from the pastor. On behalf of the Door Christian Fellowship McAllen Church, I would like to personally apologize to the creator of Hamilton, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, dot, 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 for staging an unauthorized production of Hamilton that infringed on the rights and copyrights of many. Mm. The Door Christian Fellowship McAllen Church did not ask for or receive a license from the producers or creators of Hamilton, nor did we seek prior permission to alter Lin-Manuel Miranda's work by changing the music, the lyrics, deleting songs, and adding dialogue. They deleted songs? They deleted... I mean, because it's a three-hour show, basically, they made it two hours. I'm so sorry. There's lawn mowing happening in the background if you hear background <laughs> noise it's just we're it's the middle of the day we are professionals professionals and then at the end of all this yep. it, he said our ministry will use this moment as a learning opportunity mm-hmm. about protected artistic works and intellectual property mm-hmm. on and then this is where the interesting part happens on behalf of the church we agree we will never stage the performance again mm. and will destroy any and all video or sound recordings and images of the unauthorized performances or rehearsals okay. and request that all of our members do the same. Lastly, <laughs> we will pay damages Whoa. for our actions. Whoa. So all that prelude to get to the last line. responsibility for something? Also, mm. are we going to come back to the guy who lied from the pulpit or is that we'll, we'll a thing we're going to that. go ahead and yeah. disregard? A couple things about this. he lied this, from the pulpit. About this statement. Hey, Hammett. Yeah. He lied <laughs> to his congregation and everybody, I want to be clear, everybody's going to ignore that fact. I know. And I don't think we should. So first is this acknowledgement that the church never received permission. That's not what the pastor said. He said the exact opposite on Sunday. You know what he did? He lied. Lied. Yeah. So I do want to know, Was did he know he was lying on that Sunday when I, he said that? Or did he think, like, again, we joked about this, but like, did he talk to some dude wearing a Hamilton hat and just assumed it was legit? <laughs> I forgot about like, that. <laughs> did he think he was telling the truth when yeah. he gave that sermon? And what changed between now and then? Who lied to him? Because some shit went down. Yeah. Someone told him. He wasn't allowed to do it, and I want to know when it happened. I don't have that answer yet. That's one thing. I have a very funny anecdote that I'm going to tell in the bonus episode okay. in regard to this eyes open, eyes open okay. or eyes shut thing. Okay. Um, so that's one thing. Second thing, we will pay damages for our actions. That is nice, 
Because as we talked about, like they staged their, I mean, their attempt at pulling this off Mm -hmm. had legit costumes, had legit sets. Hundreds of people Um, must have been a part of this. Yeah. And the amount of practice they must have done to do this, the dance, like you're talking a lot of people's time, even if the kids in the show were volunteering, not the adults, not all, not everyone's volunteering to put on something of this scale of this magnitude. I was a like theater dork in high school. And I know how much work it goes into putting on a stage play. That's bad. Let alone one that actually looked really good the way theirs did. They said, we're going to pay our, uh, these damages. Well, how much? Because we don't have a price tag on the show. And to whom? And to whom? We have no idea. I will say, in a statement to a Texas news outlet, a spokesperson for the actual Hamilton said any money received by the show's creative team for this will be donated to the South Texas Equality Project, which supports (laughs) LGBTQ people, which means the church is effectively sending money to a pro- Gay rights group, and is that, which is delicious. In, that's their region, I assume. Yes, They're in southern oh uh, Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. Oh goodness gracious me! <laughs> that is so. That's one thing. Wonderful. It news. is wonderful. Um, like so. That's important. I still stand by what Who I said are earlier. Are they going to send this money to? Are they going to like write a check to Lin Manuel Miranda I, and just like drop lawyers. it in the mail? <laughs> I think so. Their lawyers must be involved in saying yeah. like, here's what you have to do t- for financial damages. But then also, I still want them to donate to, like, a local fine arts program. I was going to say, I think they should donate to, like, the Playwright Guild or whatever. Because, honestly, this is a not small problem of people's intellectual property being stolen. And here's the other thing. They apologized for Hamilton. Yeah. And they said, we won't do it. First of all, the show's online. We have copies, everybody. Yeah, that's... But... That's out of their control. You can say that in 1984. (laughs) You can't say that now. We took it down from YouTube. Like, (laughs) buddy, we all saw it by now. But here's the other thing. They have done all this in previous years with Beauty and the Beast, with Despicable Me, with Toy Story. Yes, they took all those down. But like, if you're paying damages to Hamilton, well, you did the same shit last year, the year before. Are you going to pay for those? It's again, it's people who are obsessed with art but do not value anybody who creates it or yeah. makes it or makes their living off it because those are Christians bad love stealing from secular culture. They really do. It's sort the of the Christian whole jam. purity culture Bridgerton's going to be wild. Oh my god. Patent pending. We have to cut this out because I'm going to write that script before this comes out. It's a Christian Bridgerton. Mwah. The climactic scene, it's the like sex scene comes hands. up. Yeah, followed by like the push-ups. And all we see, (laughs) she's sweating on her face. You're like, oh my God, this is hot. And then you see her doing another push-up. Counterpoint. Mm. This is how we're going to do it. It's going to be like a really like delicious sex scene. And we're going to be like, ooh, it's so good. And then like you smash cut to the husband's asleep and the woman is like (laughs) masturbating like a madman. But you can't see it in Jesus. It's a bulk. It's a bulk. And then she falls to the ground, push-ups, push-ups. Yes. She does those uh, G.I. Jane one-handed (laughs) push-ups. I love this uh, movie that we're writing, actually. I know, I know. <laughs> and by the way... <laughs> really attached to it. You know what they never acknowledge in the statement of theirs? The anti-gay sermon at the end of it, because they didn't apologize mm. for that. They didn't say we were wrong to say that, because of course they didn't. They still believe that. So, like... That but, is always the funny thing about, like, so sorry we said this. We still believe all these things, <laughs> but I'm sorry you had to hear me right? say... I'm sorry your feelings are hurt by my bigotry, but <laughs> still... man. So, uh, yeah, that's a thing that happened. Uh, Boy, oh boy, these people. Here's one that has not made news, but I feel like we should discuss this. South Carolina released its budget for the next fiscal year, which is a boring thing that governments have to do. so bored. I know. Don't worry. It'll be quick. 
Um, if you, this is like a 400 plus page document, like that list where all the money's going. You're going to read it all, aren't you? I will. There are earmarks because they allowed this mm-hmm. in South Carolina for like every lawmaker's pet projects, okay. which is, is ethically that, dubious, is it, but it I is legal. I don't understand how earmarking works at but, all. Basically, they're on page 443 of the budget. There is a $1.5 million gift Mm -hmm. that is going to the Christian Learning Centers of Greenville County. It's like, why are you giving $1.5 million to this group? Because their mission is to provide biblical instruction to school-age children. And the answer, we know the answer to this, according to the state newspaper in that area... That money was specifically meant to help them purchase 10 acres of land to build a $14 million residential school Mm -hmm. for disadvantaged and at-risk youth. This is part of the proposal they gave to lawmakers saying, give us money so we can build this school. Except, like, I like that you're trying to help disadvantaged, at-risk kids, but also you're a Christian school whose mission you make no... You gotta be privately funded, my bud. Yeah, you gotta be privately funded. Their goal is we want to bring you Jesus. The fact that you're specifically targeting at-risk kids is disturbing, Uh but also, like, that doesn't take away from what you're actually doing. So... For all that reason, it's illegal. I should say, two years ago, these people all know this. Because in 2020, Mm -hmm. the South Carolina Supreme Court, uh, what happened is South Carolina got COVID relief money. Uh And the governor had plenty of discretion to use it how he wanted to. And he decided to give $32 million in vouchers for private schools. And some of those included private religious schools. And so it went to the Supreme Court. People sued. They said, you can't use state money Mm -hmm. to fund private religious schools. And the South Carolina Supreme Court unanimously said, you can't do this. They said it goes against our state constitution, which Mm -hmm. says no mixing of church and state. And what they said is, um, you can't use taxpayer money, even if you're saying it goes to all private schools. You're basically giving it to religious schools as well. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. They all said that. In this case, they are literally giving a $1.5 million grant to an explicitly religious school. It's way more blatant. It's, yeah, it's they went the wrong way with it. The school has, like, there are no Jews allowed, no atheists allowed, no Muslims allowed mm-hmm. policy, whether or not that's in writing. They can't have it. So, like, they shouldn't have this money. What I don't know yet is, is anyone filing a lawsuit over this? Will it work? Will it be successful? Sure. It should be, even despite Supreme U.S. Have Supreme Court ruling. gone up? Flags are up. Okay. Uh, so we'll see what happens as a result of this. Um, I should, I want to quote one public school uh, advocate who said, there are districts, public school districts, all over the state that could use $1.5 million yep. to do significant facility upgrades, pay teachers more, uh-huh. provide mental health counselors for students. Um, none of that's going to them. It's going to this one Christian school Yikes. unless judges tell them they can't. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, really quick before we move on. Happy birthday, Mikey. Happy birthday, Mikey. Happy birthday, Mikey. Yay. <laughs> he just got a cake from work. Ooh. What kind of cake is it? <laughs> I think I selected some kind of vanilla. Vanilla. We had, to, we had to stop our recording because the doorbell <laughs> rang so Mikey get it, could get a special birthday cake nice. delivered. Uh, I want to read you this statement from Ken Ham, the creationist. Um, Here's the headline on his blog. 
Did we don't spend enough time on the fact that his name is Ken Ham? Huh? I know we should. It's very funny. Here's the headline: Does the James Webb Space Telescope show the Big Bang did not happen? Question mark. Mm. So, as one thing I've heard is, anytime you hear a headline that ends in a question mark, the answer is almost always no. Yeah. Uh, here's what he says to open it up. The idea that the universe began with the Big Bang is firmly entrenched in the minds of millions of Americans. But the so-called, in scare quotes, science isn't nearly as settled as most people are led to believe. Many scientists, even atheistic naturalistic ones, know there are big problems with the idea. And the new images from the James Webb Space Telescope haven't helped those who cling to the Big Bang. Okay, so, so there's something he's saying in the big in the James Webb pictures we have seen so far mm-hmm. that apparently puts the Big Bang, it makes us rethink what happened, like maybe it didn't happen at all. Now, I haven't heard this outside of Ken Ham, right. so I'm curious, <laughs> and I'm pretty linked in with the scientific establishment, as yeah. you know. And to be clear, the Big Bang happened like 14 billion years ago-ish, yeah. give or take. I understand that Creationists there's a thing Creationists said it 6,000 years ago. They actually discussed this. The reason he blogged about it, yeah. he didn't blog, his interns did. <laughs> his, you can't they me. have a new show, in big scare quotes, on for answers in Genesis, a YouTube show uh-huh. where three of his staffers discuss news stories, kind of like we lower do. Lower budget than this. Yes. And this is a story they brought up and they said the same thing. Yeah. They turned it into this blog post. So it's like, okay, I get that you want to say the James Webb Space Telescope's pictures lead some scientists to doubt the Big Bang. So where are you getting this from? So That's must, the question I so want to know. So we need to identify at least one scientist mm-hmm. who has said, wow, these pictures that came that were published by the James Webb Telescope, which again, if they're a scientist, they probably had access. Like, they they aren't waiting for the two press release pictures. They probably have other other information to mm-hmm. work with. So what we're looking for is one person who <laughs> saw any of the pictures from the yes. James Webb Telescope and said, "Oh shit, I think this might disprove the Big Bang theory," because that would be gigantic news. So. Here's where it's coming from. There is a British organization called the Institute of Art and Ideas. Oh, boy. Whatever. That is and a piece, nebulous. And there's a guy who uh, named Eric Lerner who has argued against Eric the Big... Lerner. Yes. He Stop argues it. against the Big Bang Theory. So, like, he's coming at this from that perspective. Okay. He is kind What's of... What's his specialty? Uh, I have no idea. Okay. But he doesn't like the Big Bang. So he writes an article this month uh, titled, Cosmology and the Big Bust. <laughs> And basically, he's the one who's spreading this lie Mm. that scientists are now doubting the Big Bang. Where is he getting this from? Um, I'm reading this from CNET, which wrote a summary of of all of this. Here's what he's citing. There's two things he says. Um, He's saying scientists are panicking, like, about this thing. Mm. He pointed to one preprint, like, it hasn't been peer-reviewed, some article, uh uh, that used the word panic in its title. Uh, It was called Panic. At the discs, first I... rest frame optical observations of galaxy structure, dot, 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 very technical thing. He doesn't get. I knew in my heart that it was going to be a panic at the disco joke. Yes. I knew it There's as soon as There's a panic at the that. disco joke. And the gist of this is which that. Which is an emo band. Which that, is an emo ugh. band. But basically the person who, the astronomer who wrote this scientific article is basically saying there is something we are noticing because of the pictures mm-hmm. um, about these disks. Don't ask me to describe the astrophysics of it all. But in the title, to be a little tongue in cheek, he wrote panic at the disks. And because of that, 
this anti-Big Bang guy mm. is like using the word panic in his article. That's part one. So that's what we call in the industry intellectual dishonesty. Yes. Here's part two of what he's using to back up the supposed panic. There was an article from a scientist, Allison Kirkpatrick, written in the journal Nature uh, last month. After the James Webb pictures came out, Kirkpatrick wrote an article, basically, I'm going to summarize here, saying, like, I've been studying this stuff my whole life, Uh and now we're getting all this new information coming in. And she wrote, and I quote, right now, I find myself lying awake at three in the morning and wondering if everything I've done is wrong. (laughs) Basically saying, I built my entire career and my academic career on certain assumptions about uh-huh. how the world works. Uh-huh. And now we're learning more fine-tuned information, sure. <laughs> fine-grained. Yeah. What's the word I'm looking for there? Uh, like, uh, it's more precise. Yeah. It's, we have better equipment. So mm-hmm. it's like, now I can be more correct. More detailed? More detailed. But in the process of learning more, I wonder if anything I've ever said might be wrong. She is not doubting the Big Bang, to be clear. No. She is saying, like, we learn more information, so we have to refine so the stuff we So you're saying believe. she's doing good science? Yeah. And so based on those two things, Lerner wrote an article saying scientists are in a panic over the Big Bang to lead one person to say, everything I've done is wrong. Using that misleading article, boy, the creationists oh and answers in Genesis are using the web, sci- uh, web space telescope to say, see, the Big Bang is wrong. We're all creationists, you guys. Alison Kirkpatrick, to her credit, has repeatedly tried to go out of her way now on Twitter to say my quote was misused. She changed her Twitter name to Allison The Big Bang Happened, Kirkpatrick. <laughs> she told CNET, we as scientists have a responsibility to educate the public, and I take that responsibility very seriously. Deliberately misleading the public makes it difficult for them to trust real scientists and to know fact from fiction. So she's trying to do her part to say, like, you guys got it all wrong. Mm-hmm. The Big Bang is not in doubt. She's even said, like, no one's doubting the Big Bang here. Yeah. We are saying now that we have more information, we could fine tune the stuff. I hate using that word because creationists co-opted it. But like, yeah. we can be more detailed in what we know. We can be more precise. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's not doubting the Big Bang. It's like when we learn about a new DNA thing, it's like evolution is not in doubt. Right. The mechanisms of it, we can refine and make more precise. we're allowed to be wrong. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, I just, (laughs) that's just to show you the intellectual dishonesty of creation. It's not that you you, doubted that. Can you go back at the beginning segment and just start playing Black Parade right at the beginning? (laughs) So you can just have, when I was a young boy, and just all over the background so everyone can just... (laughs) really understand the context of the panic and the disco joke that this guy made that is ruining people's careers. Uh Jesus, Lord in heaven. Oh, man. So, (sighs) different uh, scientific story for some reason. Hey, we're doing it all today. There is an article in the journal Science. Uh, It was written by Caitlin Rasmussen, and the title is How Astrophysics Helped Me Embrace My Non-Binary Gender Identity in All Its Complexity. And it's a, it's a lengthy essay, but here's the crux of it. Being non-binary, and I really appreciated this because I've never thought about it this way. Okay. Being non-binary means challenging the status quo every day. Hmm. It means everything can and must be questions. questioned. It means exploring things others take to be fundamental in new ways from new angles. 
In my everyday life, my gender identity compels me to find unconventional solutions to difficult problems. Hmm. I turn over unseen stones. I try unorthodox methods. I wrestle with big fundamental questions. All of these things make me a better scientist. Very cool. I've never thought of it that way. I understand what you're getting at. And the point is, because of who I am, I'm actually a better scientist because all the tools you want to use to be a good scientist, they come into play in my daily life as well. I thought it was fascinating because, again, what's a good essay in like a scientific journal? It's something that helps you understand something from a perspective that's not Mm -hmm. yours. That's a great thing. Um, And I only bring that up because you would think science communicators of all people would be like, look at this, bringing science to a crowd that we often ignore Uh or treat, mistreat. And like, you would think they would embrace that. Here's Lawrence Krauss, of all people, who's written plenty of books trying to introduce science to lay people. Lawrence Krauss has nothing good to say, does he? Uh, Science Magazine is in a race with Scientific American to see which can be the more embarrassing former Science Magazine. Christ, Krauss. It would be merely solipsistic. But in addition, the few meager descriptions of physics didn't seem accurate either. He says this about an astrophysicist's article doesn't specify what anything was wrong. But again, the whole point is like, because someone brought up gender, uh, non-binary gender identity in an essay about how science is awesome, Mm -hmm. he's like, the magazine is woke. Science is becoming, I don't know, liberal, leftist. Like, I don't know what the complaint is. They're not saying the science is wrong. These guys, (laughs) genuinely, what the fuck is happening with Dawkins and Krauss and all of them? Like, are they just succumbing to the societal pressure of being terrible old white men who can't (laughs) change their mind on anything? They just want to be contrarians, and when they see that liberals, embarrassing for them. Like, I'm looking at this, and again, my takeaway from this essay is, huh. Never thought of it that way. That's pretty cool. I am glad your identity helps you be a better scientist. And I hope other people read that and say, oh, you know what? My life makes me question things in certain ways. That's what I got to bring to the field as well. Truly, this is a conversation that needs to be had because for a long time, there weren't any female police officers and male cops just don't understand how women work. And so they were getting shit wrong all of the time because they did not have a female perspective to be like, oh, this woman obviously didn't run away because X, Y, Z. She would have brought that with her. Like, it's just these people think that they are the owners of objective truth and anybody else who has and anything bring else anything to into say, it. it's bullshit, it's woke, it's going mm-hmm. after points or whatever. Like, fuck you, Krause. All we are trying to do is welcome people into the fold, make them more scientifically literate, and make sure they're happy and safe. Like, yeah, go fuck yourself with this. Truly, go fuck yourself. Because there's so many actual things he should be worried about. Because look at what's happening in the Supreme Court. You think our biggest problem is that we're too kind to nine binary people? Fuck yourself, Krauss. They've all done the same thing when it comes to, like, the same journals talking about, like, how come there aren't more, like, black astrophysicists or something? Because y'all are assholes. (laughs) What do you think? And so when they bring it up and they say this is the problem with our profession, with our field... It's not saying white people are bad. It's saying we don't do enough to bring other people into our fold. But there are ways to do it. But the research, the data we have, the anecdotes we have, they show that we are pushing people away from our field. And we shouldn't. And everyone, 
everyone who's in that field pretty much is on board with we want more people to yeah. love what we do. Yeah. But as soon as they bring up race in the context of we are not doing our jobs to bring people in, they're like, Psh, why are you talking about that? It's not strict data. And Therefore, genuinely, these people are the ones who are, are, if it doesn't affect me, it doesn't matter. This is when you are a rich, privileged person, you have the opportunity to ignore things that aren't affecting you. If you're Kraus, for example, I bet you've never had to deal with like somebody misgendering him or like you know, ignoring him based on the way he presents himself and his, and his gender. He's not dealing with like this focus on trans people and non-binary people is upsetting to me because I'm sitting here as a 30 something woman who is watching the Christian right take down her rights around her. And then I have these guys, the Lawrence Krauses and the Dawkins who were supposed to be our dudes. They were supposed to be our logical sound thinkers who would help us get away from this Christian bullshit. And what do they do? They do the exact same thing as everybody else does. They're, they don't surround themselves with diverse people. So they don't, nobody I've ever met is trans. Well, A, no, B, yeah, because you're not nice to trans people, so they're not going to fucking talk to you about their bullshit. Like, it's like when men are like, oh, no woman I've talked to has ever been raped. Women don't tell men when they've been raped because men don't give a shit and are not, like, these people's focus on whether or not somebody has a dick is insanity. It has gotten to the point that we're so far off the rails of things that we just overturned Roe v. Wade and fucking Krauss is writing an essay about non-binary people? A tweet around non-binary <laughs> people? Like, what are we doing here, Krauss? I will say Dr. Uh, Caitlin Rasmussen, now. who wrote that article... Uh, responded by saying, I see that old sex pest is up to his usual capers. I consider it a ringing endorsement. I didn't even, for, I completely <laughs> forgot that he's a sexual predator. That wasn't even part of why I was mad alleged, at him. I was alleged, alleged sexual predator, whatever. <laughs> I, the, um, I will, I'm to bring up one other thing. I will assume this next tweet is from someone else, is well-intentioned, so I'm not knocking the person who said it, but I just want to point this out because it's a sentiment I've heard before. I do sort of miss the time when we had just simple ideas on gender and communication without having to add more to it, not negating anyone, just from a simpler time. To which someone responded, the time was simpler for you, not for everybody. And simple doesn't equal easy or good. Mm -hmm. Right on. And our friend uh, Eli Bosnick pointed out, See, if I was drummed out of education for being a sex pest, I would not comment on how embarrassing I found the thoughts of others. <laughs> but hey, that's just me. I'm glad we're bringing back sex pests. That was like a <laughs> mid-20th century thing that they said before, like rapist or sexual predator. Oh. Sex pest is pretty fun, though. Let's, okay, one last story for you here. Um, this is a, no, I'll give you two. I'll end on a happy note. Okay. But I'll give you two here. This is, there. we talked about in New Zealand, there was a church called Hillsong. Sorry, that's Australian church called yeah, Hillsong. Yeah. Huge mega church yeah. run by this guy, Brian Houston. And basically scandals everywhere, financial shenanigans, emotional abuse, all this stuff to the point where they have like documentaries about how shitty the church is and everyone's running away from the place. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, there was a New Zealand church called Arise Church and the thing is, like, also, really big church. This is the sort of I'm place... Sorry, Arise is Arise. a dispensary in the Chicagoland area. <laughs> All caps, Arise. They have a dozen satellite locations in New Zealand. They have an eight-figure budget. Uh, eight uh, figures? Yeah. 
They have a membership of 10,000 people. So it's a huge place. 10 million plus budget. Gigantic. It's huge. And yet you, most people have not heard of them. Mm. So here's the thing. Um, a review of abuse and misconduct by Arise Church was leaked online this week. Uh-oh. And that is very interesting because the church leaders have really tried to suppress all that information. Uh-oh. And the story behind how we got to this point is really interesting, and I wanted to share that. The story here starts in April of this year because a journalist named David Ferrier began writing about this megachurch. He's written about a lot of similar things, mm-hmm. but basically starting in April, after the Hillsong scandal hap- happened, he basically pointed out that Arise has a lot of the same problems. And he said, I spoke to a former member of the church Mm -hmm. who told me emotional manipulation ran deep. Uh, They took money from their members in Mm -hmm. a way that goes beyond tithing. Here's what he said. Members are expected to donate, yes, 10% of their income and 10% of the government-funded allowance they get when studying, Mm because that's a thing you get Mm -hmm. in New Zealand when you're studying. And if you sell your home, you got to give 10% of that to the church, like everything. I thought they didn't like estate taxes. mm, The church hires interns to handle a lot of its business, but it's not an internship if you're just taking the place of someone who's supposed to be a paid staffer. Um, (sighs) They were overworked. They were exploited. Um, Many people, many of the quote-unquote interns, said they had to pay out of pocket for the privilege of being an intern to the point of about $2,500 a year. (laughs) Yeah. One former... One intern, former intern, told David Ferrier, unpaid interns were also used by staff as free babysitters, nannies, drivers, cleaners. I would babysit for free at least once a week for various staff. I was told that I was serving the church Mm -hmm. so they could have a night out. Other interns painted pastors' houses, mowed their lawns, all in service to God. Sure. Um, here's where it gets more disturbing. God hates unkempt lawns. <laughs> yeah. He's always said that. One intern said Pastor John Cameron and his brother Brent were aggressive to the point of physical abuse. Like they're joking with you and they punch your shoulder, but it's like hard. Mm, they would grab some people by the collar. Ugh. Some members had to sign non-disclosure agreements about their time working for the church. Oh. And so all this stuff happened... And the Arise Governing Board apologized for the experiences of some, and they said, like, we've hired an outside group called Pathfinding to conduct an independent review of all this. That That's name happened. does not make me feel good <laughs> or positive. As far as I can tell, they do legit work. Yeah. It's an outside group, but okay. Meanwhile, David Ferrier keeps, now that he's published the first accounts of some of these people Uh now he starts hearing from more of them oh boy and now they're coming to him with more stories now he finds out that a uh, a then member of the church was sorry trigger warning here sexually assaulted by an ex-boyfriend who was also a church member didn't realize it was abuse until she was in another relationship with another church member Mm. and when she's in this new better relationship and realizes what she has gone through she confides (sighs) about like her abuse to a church leader. Um, She says, I was raped by my ex. He still attends the church. Mm. And like, you got to do something about this. And of course, what do they do? Literally nothing. They chastise her for having premarital sex. Oh, they did the worst thing. Yes. Yes. And by the way, that alleged abuser remains a leader among in the church. Oh, a leader. Cool. Yeah. According to Ferrier, that wasn't, she wasn't alone. A number of women who attended Arise 
told him about their situations where they were victims of abuse. They said they were further traumatized when they shared it with church leaders who Mm -hmm. blamed them for it. Mm -hmm. Other people said their mental breakdowns were ignored. They felt burnt out. Emotional abuse was pervasive. And basically... But God, though, so everything's fine. Yeah. The, I should say, Arise also publicly, these are people who opposed marriage equality. Uh, they opposed a ban on conversion therapy. Like, these are bad people to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then it, you realize within the church, it's even worse here. So, interesting development. In cool. May, like after these articles start coming out, mm-hmm. turns out the founders and the lead pastors of the church, John Cameron, his wife, the brother Brent, Mm -hmm. all of them resign. Mm -hmm. That's in May. Interesting. Uh, A board member publicly apologized on their behalf without going into specifics, saying this independent review is still going on. So that solves some (laughs) stuff. Like Trump's audits that have been going on for a decade. (laughs) Right. So it turns out in the weeks after that resignation happened, uh, the pathfinding review finished. Okay. It was released to church leaders, and the church leaders had said, we're going to make it public. Because, okay. like, they paid for the review, so the company doing it has to give it to them. Okay. And the church said, we'll make it public. Yeah, but, like, for sure. Of course, they never make Why would this they? thing what, what public. What motivation is there? The church said, well, there's a legal order preventing mm-hmm. us from making sure. it public. But they didn't give it's like specific. a crayon written note. Please don't give the mm-hmm. mean people. So it's been months now. Mm-hmm. Like, June 29th. Is they, they said we're going to release it by June 29th. Well, it's mid-August. Sure is. They have not released it. You don't say. But guess what? David what? Ferrier, who started reporting all this, got his hands on it. Yeah, David. So he released it anyway. And? And all basically, stuff? Ferrier wrote, this is his words, not okay. Pathfinders. Ferrier said, this report paints a picture of a church rotten to its core. Shit. Why is it rotten? The Pathfinding report referred to quote, ongoing targeted sexual harassment, unwanted nudity, inadequate systems for handling sex. Yeah, I don't know why. Inadequate systems for handling sexual harassment or abuse, uh-huh. discouraging victims from going to the police, yep. racism among church leaders. That's not surprising. Including a directive to, quote, focus on white kids when trying to win converts. <sighs> And, oh my god! And a confirmation that interns were screwed over financially. Australia is sneakily very racist. New Zealand here. Oh, this is yeah. New Zealand. This is oh. New Zealand. So the oh. arise is so broken. The report said Shit. that it actually called for the entire governing board, yeah. the people who are still there. You all need to resign Tear it because to the you have lost your quote moral mandate to govern. Yeah, great. Wow. Love it. So part of this is like. Yeah, this is kind of what we all said this thing would look like based on what David was reporting, based on what the former peep members had said. Uh But also like, all right, what happens now? The report is public, whether the church wanted it to be or not. What are they going to do in uh, in response? um, So I don't think that, I don't know. Like, what do you think about, like, what, what happens next? Is there any, like... I is mean, there, is there any government? So this, this, hit, I don't what's think, a, whatever it's called. The question this, of whether they did anything illegal that could, they could be prosecuted for, I don't know. Well, the what question I'm, I'm is sorry, what's but, Arise going to do? Uh, so this thing said, this thing needs to be shut down. This yeah, report. They made recommendations, but, like a whole bunch but of But they have no authority. Right. So if they're it's like. It's up to the church leaders uh-huh. to decide how many of these recommendations will we implement. We don't know what they're going to do yet. Um, 
And so I don't know how this story ends in the church's case, but all of this only happened because members of the church or former members of the church Mm -hmm. had the courage to tell someone Mm -hmm. outside the church about their stories, about their situations, because they knew the leaders of the church were not going to listen to them or take them seriously. Someone else did, uh, shared their stories with the public, and because of that, it got this ball rolling. So, like, just hats off to David Ferrier for writing about this. For the former members who bravely told who knows how many stories in the course of all this. And then they had to do it again with Pathfinding Mm -hmm. when they were compiling the actual report. Like, how many times do you have to relive this trauma? Oh, God, So, for them to do all that, good. Because you can't count on the church to do this stuff for you. Um, so that's like a best case scenario here is what they what the church did yeah. is just all sorts of unethical, but at worst it's criminal. I hope a message we could get out would be like, even if you are in a position that your immediate authority figures don't believe you or don't are underplaying something that you're going through, there's people out there who will listen to you. Mm-hmm. Like just because these people are saying, uh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Get over it. If you can't or won't it, reach out to somebody else. Like you're just, just do it. We yeah. believe you. One last story for you. I promise this one has a happy ending, even though it does not start that way. Don't Oklahoma. Uh, there is a conservative Christian named Scott Esk. And you, the name may be familiar if you followed this years ago, because he made news about like eight years ago. Because ESK? ESK. Huh. Here's what happened. In 2013, Pope huh. Francis delivered one of his like iconic lines of his papacy, basically saying of gay people, who am I to judge? Right. Which we could dissect that line, because like, dude, you're the Pope. You're God. You, you, you absolutely judge. You're God's vessel on earth. So <laughs> the you're Catholic Church, literally the only person the who can Church judge, judges. I guess. Yeah. So after that happened, conservative Christians like Scott Esk, uh, we're discussing this stuff on Facebook because Scott Esk is a Christian who believes, oh, no, we absolutely should judge gay people. And he, on Facebook, in a common thread mm-hmm. in 2013, he responded to someone posting about the Pope's comments by saying, like, Leviticus 2013 says men who sleep with men should be executed. And then another commenter is like, that's, like, stop regurgitating scripture. What do you actually believe about this yeah. stuff? And he said, I think we would be totally in the right to do it. That's his to, quote. That's what he I said. I want to be clear. Murder gay people yes. for the offense of... Being gay and uh-huh. then acting on it. Sure, like I think yeah. that's his little cheap cop out there. Was like, I'm you not saying gay. gay. You can be gay. Just but, don't touch other penises. Right. That's the grossest thing I can think of. So he literally and said that. I eat that. the body he of Christ said, every week. He said, he said gay people are worthy of death. He said they should be executed. He follows those new independent fundamentalist Baptist preachers who are like, I'm not saying we should kill them. I'm just saying if we lived in a better world, that's totally what we would do. So and do you think God put gay people on earth as like fucking target practice for persecution? No, I think they genuinely believe something happened to those people that makes them think they're gay. They're really not. And then when they act on it, they're committing just the worst sin against God. And any sin against God, you have to get the death penalty. Okay. So all of that was 2013. No one would have noticed because it's a random Facebook comment thread. Right. But then in 2014, he decided to run for state house in Oklahoma. And like, it was one of those Republican primaries where a million people run Mm -hmm. and he lost badly. Great. But during the course of that campaign, 
uh, that came up, like those comments came up. Um, they, uh, there's a website, it's now defunct, called The Moore, M-O-O-R-E, The Moore Daily. They spoke with him at the time about what he said. He didn't walk any of it back. He said, well, I have, if I'm elected, I have no plans to reinstitute that biblical law, but only because I, it's a moot point. We're not discussing whether gay people should be executed. <laughs> right. So, like, why are you bringing this up here? We're not talking about this. You're trying to raise a yeah, scandal here. Yeah, this is the problem. Yeah. You're asking <laughs> questions, and that's the bad thing. But not my did, abhorrent views. But he didn't dis- dismiss anything he said. He said, like, I think those kinds of sins will not do our country any good, mm. speaking of homosexuality, and certainly doesn't do anything to preserve the family. I do stand for biblical morality. That's what he said Wait. in an interview. Doesn't do anything to preserve the family. Gay people, the existence of gay people doesn't preserve the family, he Why? said. I don't know. But he lost in 2014 by a long shot. Good. And, and now ever, he's dead and we're all going <laughs> to dance on his grave? Ever since then, he hasn't been get, able to get away from his name and those words. And yes, almost if you say something so abhorrent, it's going to follow you throughout the rest of your life. In 2015, apropos of nothing, he released a YouTube video and it's called like Scott-esque sets the record straight. Finally. Yeah. What we've all been waiting for. We need his clear homophobic (laughs) views. It's a long video. But he says in there, I have... You watched the whole thing, didn't you? I got very bored. I have compassion on anybody who is in the grips of an insidious addiction such as homosexuality. And I wish to help them. Whether or not they do, I don't think. I never did move for expanding the death penalty to discourage that. Yeah. But, dot, dot, dot. Like, basically saying everything we knew he said already. He didn't say he misspoke. He didn't say you misinterpreted what I was saying. Listen, these are the people who celebrated the Pulse night shooting, nightclub shooting. Like, these are monsters (laughs) who do not care about human lives if they do not like bends to their will. So the guy is off. It's a real cool clip. Off everyone's radar for a while. Yeah. And then a couple, like last month, Oklahoma had its primaries. Guess what? He's running for state house again. Oh no. And in the GOP primary in Oklahoma, if you get 50% of the votes in the primary, you're automatically the nominee. Um, In the GOP primary, he won a plurality of votes, okay. not 50%, but more than everyone else. Going to runoff? So he went to a runoff. The runoff was on Tuesday of this week. Yesterday. So in the process between like a month or so ago when uh-huh. that first election happened, it's now down to him and one other woman oh boy. for this seat, for the GOP primary. Okay, like, for which the primary Which brings seat, not- out the crazies. Yeah. Like the GOP primary. Oh boy. And by the way, so last month he releases another video called... <laughs> Scott asks to here to set the record straight in parentheses yet again. You use yet again on the third video. Again is the second (laughs) video. Yet again is the third video. Here's what he said this time. Rule of threes. I had an opinion about homosexuality. (laughs) Does that, does that make me a homophobe? (laughs) Maybe some people think it does, but as far as I and many of the voters of house district 87 are concerned, it simply makes me a Christian. Boy, boy, oh boy, the lack of shame is incredible. Does that make me a homophobe to say gay people should be executed? uh, I don't think black people are naturally as smart as white (laughs) people, but I'm not racist. And you're racist for implying that I'm racist. Last, on Sunday of this week, right before the election, puts out a video... To set the record straight the third time. See, that's when he would use yet again. Like, 
This is all preventable. By the way, this video is now taken down. Oh, Don't worry. okay. I, what's I the what's the uh, straightened record this time? <laughs> is it so straight it's gay again? <laughs> he he didn't say anything of value in this time. No? But like basically, in addition to his bloodlust against gay people, he's also <laughs> against immigration and health mandates, opposes abortion at all costs. He believes COVID vaccines are poison. Mm. Uh, By the way, by the way, I didn't even get into this. I'm quoting uh, from the Oklahoman. Esk worked at the Oklahoma Department of Public Safety for 12 years. He was fired from his position as a data management analyst in 2011, following allegations that he had threatened and harassed leaders at his church. Although threatened char- and harassed leaders at his yeah. church. So Although not, ch- okay. I don't know what he did. Although charges of threatening to perform an act of violence were later dropped, the state said Esk had engaged in conduct unbecoming of a public employee. Esk denies his actions were threatening. Mm, I don't know what he said. I want to know. But wait, wait, it gets worse. The alleged harassment of church leaders stemmed from when Esk's wife took their three sons and left him in 2007, citing, quote, his physical and emotional abuse towards her and the boys. Sounds like someone's got a seat in the house coming up. Mm. So that was, he was on the ballot on Tuesday in a Republican primary. And? And it's Oklahoma and it's like rural Oklahoma. Mm. Let me tell you this. You know how many people voted in the election? 52. (laughs) 1,517. That's it. It's very Very small. small. He got 42% of the votes. The other lady got more. So he's did not... Did she get over 50%? She did. I mean, it's done. It's the runoff. Okay, so One she, of them's going to get oh, over 50. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, so he's done. He's done. He okay. got 638 votes to her, 879. Wow, that's she's not a, a monster. Real she's a conservative Christian <laughs> in her own right. She's not the good guy in the story. <laughs> right. But he lost, so he's not going to yeah. be the... Uh, GOP nominee. That's good. I forgot it had a happy ending. I was feeling pretty sad there for a second. So at least that crisis averted. Now we're like Oklahoma. You just get a bad Republican, not a bad Republican who wants to murder gay people. Yeah. (sighs) I'll stop there. That's a rough, uh, that's a rough crap you got. It's been a week. It it hasn't even been a week. (laughs) It's Wednesday morning. (laughs) How did we pack this much shit in the last four days? It's been a week. What do you got for the bonus? Um, ooh, uh, we bought a pony. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, we get to the white section of the recording. Okay, for new listeners, I recently started working at a therapeutic horseback riding center near me, and one of my jobs is trying to get a couple extra horses for our program. And I found a little pony named Mocha, and she's cute as fuck, and she lives in Indiana, and I have a video of me riding her that I'm going to post because she's adorable. She's teeny Uh tiny. uh Um, I look like a giantess on her, and I am (laughs) 5'3". Saw a movie called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies I'd like to talk about. I have a question, actually. This isn't even necessarily bonus episode, Father. If, Father, if you see a Secede Texas bumper sticker... Yeah. Is that... I celebrate. Pro-Texas? That's pro-statehood of Texas. Very Republican S- thing to say. Okay. We're better than the rest of you. We should secede. Okay. And everyone else is like, please, please, okay. don't, don't make us stop you. Oh, no. Okay, because I uh, I will tell that story then then later. I just met a woman uh, with a secede Texas thing, and it was just a confusing situation. Um, And then I have the story about um, 
Eyes open versus eyes shut. Oh, and some docs I've been watching. Uh, Lorena is really good. Dig Deeper was really good. Mind Over Murder is fucked up. Woodstock 99. Have I talked about it already? Yes, you have. Damn it. I really want to talk about it again. And then there's a Netflix doc called House of Secrets that fucked my shit up. All right. That's coming up in the bonus episode. Where do we find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter at Jess Blimke. Um, you can find Hemet. I'm at Hemet Meta on Twitter. Uh, I'm at FriendlyAtheist.com. That'll send you to my page at OnlySky. You can always email us at FriendlyAtheistPodcast at gmail.com if you have questions, concerns, compliments, etc. And you can also leave a rating and review on iTunes. Would you like to hear the five-star review or the one-star review? The five-star. God damn it. I'm going to read them both. I love Jessica. Five stars Friday. Willie Bones, thank you. I love Jess. She's super awesome. One star, typical lefty atheist, hyper-focused, dot, dot, dot. Oh my I'm God, not they quite found getting the friendly part. <laughs> Perhaps I'm missing it somehow. These two are typical lefty you atheists. save the friendly for the bonus. The L and the A are both capitalized. Um, who treat <laughs> Islam with kid gloves while constantly attacking Christians and conservatives. Do we treat Islam with kid gloves? <laughs> it doesn't come up in U.S. politics. Sorry. Yeah. How, how that in any way, or shape, or form differentiates them between the average atheist, I have no idea. They speak about the Salman Rushdie attack and carefully speculate in the most delicate way that perhaps the motivation is religion, but are extremely careful not to say Islam. Yeah, because the guy who stabbed Salman Rushdie has not offered an actual motive. So everything we have is speculation. So, yeah, I, I assume it's because he's a radical Muslim and he was indoctrinated by extremists. And most Muslims do not support that. Right. But we don't know an official motive because he hasn't pled anything in court yet. Well, um, that is not me trying to be soft. That's me trying to give you the facts. Gang, I just read the person, (laughs) the name of the person who wrote this. Are you emotionally prepared for their name? Conservative atheist. (laughs) So, um, Uh. which, of course, anyone with two brain cells together to brain cells to rub together knows was the motivation. They quickly transitioned to attacking conservative Christians, capital C, capital C, mm-hmm. for condemning this attack while being against small while being against small children being sexualized as if the two oh, are God. the equivalent. I also listened to part of a podcast where they claimed to have no obligation to defend ignorant statements made by Richard Dawkins. Of course, the so-called ignorant <laughs> statements he's guilty of making are valid, unfiltered criticism of Islam. Uh-huh. It's Islam. We have been bagging on him for his transphobia, not his Islamophobia. Yeah, get your shit right, conservative. It's adherence in in Middle East culture in general, which is taboo. The middle, the mid, in the mid of a self-loving... I I have no idea. Listen, if a conservative atheist is giving us a one-star review, that is technically a five-star review. It's like two negatives, positive. Yeah, it's true. As an atheist, it sickens me and I'm embarrassed for them. I'm the one who's embarrassed for people. You can't be embarrassed for me. I'm embarrassed for me and everybody else. (laughs) All right. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.